Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Hi, and welcome to another IPM Creator Conversation episode. This is Cole Burkhart, and today I'm going to be interviewing Jordan Cobb, creator, writer, and producer, and also voice actor of uh, Giannis Descending, a limited series sci-fi fiction and horror audio drama uh, about two xeno-archaeologists on a small world orbiting a binary star and the horrors they find within. Before we jump in, I'm going to draw you into this episode with the prelude for Giannis Descending, so you get a great taste of what Jordan and I are going to be talking about. serious about this. Absolutely. A field mission? Yes. Doctor. Chell, please. Chell, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Thank you, sir. But what you're asking is impossible. That's not a word I'm familiar with, sir. No, I'll bet it isn't. Still, I'm sorry to say we just don't have anything for you. Actually, sir, that's not strictly true. Oh? I did a little digging through the Aphelion database, and it turns out there's a perfectly suitable site that's been completely overlooked. A small planetoid in Sector D, orbiting twin stars. It's got a thin atmosphere, and initial scans show decent amounts of natural resources and some evidence of prior inhabitants. One of our scientists logged it a few cycles back through some of our long-range scanners, but no one's ever bothered with a follow-up. So the scientist located a new planet. He didn't just find a planet. He found a site. See? There. Those are roads. Buildings, walls, towers, steeples. The images are clear as day. That's a city. A real, veritably undocumented Class Six civilization. And it's just been sitting in the archives. Is this your data pad? Uh, no, sir. It, it's my partner's. We share data pads all the time. Do you share passwords, too? Because this file was encrypted. See, I can tell because there's a tiny little picture of a lock up on the corner of the screen. I... And because I'm the one who gave Peter permission to lock the file. But he didn't tell you that, did he? You're a geologist, isn't that right? A xenopaleontologist, sir. Right. Have you ever been on a field expedition? No, sir. Ever been to another planet? I was born on Saturn, and I spent a couple semesters interning at a dig on Deimos. Not enough rocks for you down here? Dead aliens, if you want to be crass about it, and... No. Right. 
How does your lab partner feel about all this? Peter? I... Uh... You didn't tell him you were coming to see me. He gets... nervous. I would too if my partner was going behind my back and volunteering me to be sent hurtling into space. Not for the first time either, so I hear. Can I ask you a personal question? Of course. What the hell are you doing here? I took a look at your file. You've been denied by your supervisor for every expedition you've applied to since you got here. In my defense, Peter is my supervisor. He just... He just... Doesn't want to see me get hurt. And because you disagree with him, you thought it would be a good idea to go over his head? You know I could fire you for this. Mr. Director. Axel. No. Call me Axe. Axe. I'm not here because I disagree with Peter. My work is out there. There's a whole universe of discoveries waiting to be made, and it's not going to happen to me sitting in my lab. Ah. So you want to be famous. I want to do my job. I want to be good at it. <laughs> okay, let's say hypothetically that I did have something for you. This planet, I need to know it was worth my while. I need to know you are worth my while. I am. Prove it. What do you need me to do? Convince me. There is no way back up. <laughs> Trapped. I don't know how long I've been here. Welcome back. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. So, Jordan, you've been in theater and screenwriting for a while now. Um, you studied both in uh, New York uh, New York at the Chich School of Arts. Uh, what made you decide to make the switch and delve into podcasting? So, uh, I've pretty much for my entire life always listened to some form of audio fiction mm -hmm. or another. Um, I grew up listening to radio plays and audiobooks and that sort of a thing. Uh, and so it's always been, you know, somewhat on my radar. I didn't realize it had uh, moved to podcasting until I 
got to college, um, which was when I was first introduced to things like Welcome to Night Vale and the Penumbra podcast, Wolf 359. Um, and so it was my senior year at NYU, and I was studying at Stone Street Studios, which is their film and television uh, uh, studio. Mm-hmm. Um And as part of our second semester, uh, we were starting to do voiceover classes. And at the same time as we were starting these voiceover classes, I was also having to take screenwriting uh, lessons. And so I'm desperately trying to figure out, uh, I'm sitting in the middle of a voiceover class, desperately trying to figure out what my final project for my screenwriting class was going to be. And I'm starting to piece together this idea, and then my brain just kind of went, hey, you know how to do voiceover things now. (laughs) You have to write this script anyway. And this is actually a medium you're very familiar with and like a bunch and have been listening to every day for the past several months. Uh, Why are you not doing this again? (laughs) (laughs) And so I I wound up for the screenwriting class. I wrote the first, uh, the opening scene of what wound up being Here Be Dragons. and did it um at the time it was set in the natural history museum it wasn't a a phone call um but i wrote that first scene and did that for my screenwriting class i actually might still have the clip of that floating around somewhere uh but yeah after that everything just sort of snowballed like i ran home to my roommate and i was like hey do you want to make a podcast with me Oh, that's that's perfect and a great way to to rope in all of your friends into doing podcasting with you. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, and we had absolutely no idea. I mean, no idea what we were doing. Uh, we downloaded Audacity for the first time and we're like, oh, no, what what are we supposed to do with this? Like we had zero training in sound design and this was the first time I'd ever written a script, let alone like finished anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was a labor of love and a lot of confusion and just desperately trying to piece things together, just throwing stuff at the wall until something stuck. Well, you've you've definitely come a long way. Um, you've written and produced and starred in, as I mentioned, uh, Here Be Dragons, Giannis Descending, and the upcoming Primordial Deep. Um, and a common theme throughout your shows seems to be a, a wide variety of monsters um, from... <laughs> From uh, terrifying creatures to just kind of the horrors of human nature, um, what kind of what draws you into that monster horror, and where do you get your inspiration from for these creatures? So, I have said before, and no one ever actually <laughs> believes me. I really don't like horror stories in general. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, sure. I am a, I am a giant baby. I get scared so easily <laughs> it's it's deeply deeply embarrassing like how easy it is to scare me um but the the only kind of of horror type things that i can consume does actually end up being these stories about like weird alien monstery kind of creatures um so it's it's the the genre i was within horror that i was most familiar with but i also just have this deep love and fascination of the natural world that we live in and the fact that there are all of these mutations of of the same variations of life 
that we keep running into over and over and over again, and that life has taken so many different shapes and forms over the course of all of history. And I just find that absolutely fascinating, that there are so many different ways that you can just combine different elements to come up with something new, and that it's still something that has a place that exists mm. in this world uh, or in this universe. Um and so I watch a lot of uh, nature documentaries and like dinosaur <laughs> documentaries and that sort of a thing, uh, which is where I tend to get a lot of my ideas. Um, besides, you know, just like delving into my just intrusive thoughts and like <laughs> terrible, like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if like a giant worm jumped up out of the subway and like attacked everybody. Um, and I, I also... Um, at the time uh, that I started Here Be Dragons specifically, I just started reading um, H.P. Lovecraft for the mm, first time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was trying to reconcile his kinds of creatures that he brings into the world that are, are dark and mysterious and just very old and just ancient, ancient beings of power. I find that very fascinating. I, I, I've always loved mythology and that sort of a thing. So I'm really drawn to the different ways that the human mind attempts to reconcile these really ancient forces that we find around ourselves. Um, so I, I try to put a little bit of eldritch terror into all of, <laughs> all of my monsters. <laughs> You know, because if it doesn't exist now, who knows? It could exist in the future, mm -hmm. and in the far future, it'll just be, you know, a, a very ancient creature that's just kind of crawling around and creeping people out. Who, who knows? doesn't want that? Yana's Descending might be a, a documentary <laughs> someday. God, the worst. The worst. <laughs> I would be so gratified but upset. <laughs> Gr like, well, because I'm currently working on the sequel mm -hmm. now, at, as you know, but... Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> And it's just, I don't want that yeah, to actually no. happen to anybody. It's horrible. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> nobody nobody actually wants these things. No. They're fascinating to explore. This is part of why I love writing is because you can go into these dark and strange and frankly upsetting mm -hmm. places Um and sort of pick apart what it is to be a human being. That that's always what I'm I'm trying to figure out: where we stand in the universe, who we are, and what it's like to live through potentially some of the worst experiences, but also the better experiences uh, that make up what it is to be a person. Mm -hmm. And you can explore that through writing in a safe way. Um, my my goal is to create these spaces that allow people to think and confront different aspects of their personalities and humanity. You know, uh, uh, looking at the nature of ambition, the nature of love, the nature of uh, that deep-seated yearning to explore the worlds that we live in, um, but in a way where they can step back if they need to, that, it, that it's not so aggressively in your face mm -hmm. that, that it will do actual long-lasting harm, but that hopefully it will start to stir some long-lasting thought processes and to, and to tell stories that, that have an impact, that allow people to grow and consider who they are, and also to, um, to tell stories of their own. I want to build stories that make stories, you know? Yeah. 
sorry, that's really cool. Um, I, <laughs> I love that answer. That's so good. Um, so anyone who follows you on Twitter knows that people are always tagging you in in those deep sea <laughs> deep sea creatures or dinosaur fact videos or or things like that. What is your what is I? So I have to ask. It's an obligation. What is your favorite dinosaur or or uh, long lost creature? Oh, see, this is my Sophie's choice because <laughs> um, they're because they're all so cool in their mm. own way. Um, I oh. <laughs> my my go-to favorite is probably Deinonychus mm-hmm. um, or Utah Raptors. It's again, it's really really hard to pick. But Deinonychus is the kind of Velociraptor um, that the ones in Jurassic Park are based on. Because mm. actual Velociraptors were like the size of like a turkey. Yeah, the little babies. Like they, they were not big. They were vicious little bastards mm-hmm. but they you know they're not uh all that large um Deinonychus on the other hand is about six feet tall and one of my favorite fun facts is they could jump like 10 to 12 feet straight oh, up geez. in the air yeah that that uh vertical leap <laughs> yep I, and I mean they had to like it makes sense when you look at the prey that they were going after mm. but, uh because because they're attacking you know these sauropods that are like you know, 30 feet long and 50 mm-hmm. feet tall, and they have to be able to, like, jump up and get on the side of them. Oh, and they've got little, like, wings, too. Sorry, I've, I've, I've doodled them. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, raptors are the most closely related uh, to birds. Mm. Um, yeah. Which, from that, everyone has decided that T-Rex has feathers, despite <laughs> the fact that we still don't have evidence of that fact. <laughs> it's fine. I'm only partially bitter about it. It's It's fine. <laughs> Oh, another fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, those little, uh, I say little, the the killing claws mm-hmm. on their toes that are like about six inches long or so mm-hmm. were technically speaking covered in a keratin sheath. So they probably would have been two or three times larger than the bone that we see. Ooh. In case you wanted like hate an extra horrifying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hate that. Hate that. Don't want to mm-hmm. don't want to find that at the end of a long dark alley. Do you uh, do you ever plan on on using them in one of your stories? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> oh, absolutely! I mean, I'm currently working on a couple of books at the moment, mm-hmm. so I've got some raptors in there. But I I have an idea for. Uh, I'm always planning 600 steps ahead, so I'm already working on a spinoff concept for <laughs> Primordial Deep. That does have to do with more terrestrial dinosaurs. How do you manage your time? You seem to be doing so many things. How do you keep track of everything? So when I was little, I uh, started this really fascinating but kind of terrible habit of reading like seven books at the same time. Yeah, it was not great for my brain. Um, (laughs) This is why I don't know math now, but I can hold the entirety of like Game of Thrones straight in my head. So, so I, I really exercise that part of my brain that can just hold several, several, several different stories at the same time. Uh, what I try to do is um, I'll sit down and I'll focus in on one project mm-hmm. um, because when my ideas come to me, they come pretty fully formed and that I, I just need to sort of tweak things here and there to make sure that everything lines up the way that I, that I want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just a matter of kind of setting aside the time to just let the story completely pour out of me. Um, So sometimes it happens really, really quickly, like with 
Giannis descending, I wrote that over the course of like maybe a month and a half. Wow. Same with Primordial Deep, but with Primordial Deep, I was at the time um, not working my regular day job. I was uh, it was over the summer. Um, Last year, actually, I was working at Shakespeare and Company, um, mm. performing up there, and I had my days free, and then the afternoons and evenings we would use for um, rehearsals, and then as we went on in the summer, we would do the shows, and so I spent my daytimes going on long walks and then sitting down and just writing out the entirety of the script, and I finished that over the course of, like, two, three months. Um, so it's really just a matter of, like, really concentrated bursts of creative energy mm. and then uh for smaller projects um i'll i can uh string those out sort of over the course of you know many many weeks and mm. I, because they take less time and headspace uh to craft but the big stuff i'm like nope sitting down <laughs> doing this and only this and nobody talk to me for the next like three weeks we're good <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I think that's a really great, great still to have and to definitely to hone. So uh, you also recently just made the jump from podcasting into recording audiobooks. Uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge compared to recording a podcast? So um, <laughs> it is just a lot more physically stressful mm -hmm. to record an audiobook because you know, most of the podcasts that I'm recording at this point, because I know what I'm doing and I, and I have my acting training, I can sit down, I can bang out my lines over the course of an hour or so if I'm doing it by myself. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in the studio, you know, there are other people talking and so you have and you have breaks. And, and so it's not as physically taxing on your voice, whereas uh, with an audiobook, you get into the studio, uh, whether that's at home or uh, if they book a spot for you. Mm -hmm. um, you get in the studio, say, at like 10, 30 or something like that, and you're there just reading this book until, say, 5 in the afternoon. That's your whole day, and it's just you sitting there reading the mm. entire time. Um, and that can be really taxing on your voice. And, and it's, you know, you're not doing this... Unless you're reading like War and Peace, you're not sitting there for days and days and days. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. You know, I've uh, had audiobooks where I managed to finish all of the work that I needed to do in like three days or so. Mm -hmm. And I've had other ones that uh, because I was doing them at home, I could stretch them out over longer periods of time. But just sitting there and reading, it's, it's really stressful on your voice. So if you're thinking of making the switch make sure that you're uh you warm up before you start that you mm -hmm. have plenty of water that you have tea that you uh go on vocal rest that is very very important that uh if you're not sitting there physically doing the the reading just try to talk as little as possible because it you know it, it you need to your voice is your instrument and you need to take care of it as you would take care of any other instrument this is you know your craft and you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can continue to do it. Because if you hurt yourself, you, you can do a lot of damage to your voice if you're not being careful. And that's like a long lasting thing that, that you can potentially carry with you mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And the same goes even for when you're recording podcasts. Um, 
if you're doing scenes where there's a lot of shouting and screaming or, or if you're having to do anything that's really vocally taxing, you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself so that even if you're doing this purely for fun, that you don't end up doing something for fun that has long-lasting negative consequences. Right. Uh, do you have like a... a... I suppose, how do you wind down from doing these audiobooks? What do you do to, I guess, do some self-care after you're done? Usually at that point, I'm so just utterly exhausted by the end of the day that I will just curl up on the couch and I will turn on Netflix and I'll sit there with like a big bowl of ice cream, which I probably shouldn't do because there's milk in that and <laughs> milk and the vocal cords don't mix very well. But sometimes I'll do tea or just make myself a... Or not make myself dinner because usually at that point I get takeout because I'm tired. Um, and you're worth just, it. Exactly. <laughs> I am worth a little takeout now and then. <laughs> but but uh, basically just veg out and have and make myself just as physically comfortable as mm -hmm. I can. Uh, because despite the fact that I'm not, you know, jumping up and down and running around, it still takes a lot of energy. Everything that we do takes a lot of energy. Um, so it's, it's good to be able to recoup those losses at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, do you have a, um, like a book that you'd really like to do an audiobook for? Oh, anything by Michael Crichton. <laughs> um, and I know I'm entirely wrong for it because all of his m main characters are men and also like vaguely sexist mm. and it's upsetting. Um, but you know, if somebody said, hey, we need someone to read Jurassic Park and the Lost World, or we need somebody to read Sphere, I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Or one of the Doctor Who books. Oh. I, I'm obsessed with Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. um, so if somebody just knocked on my door and was like, hey, do you want to read for the new companion? I'd be like, yes, absolutely. I'm already <laughs> on the plane. They're like, you don't need to be on a plane. It's just, it's a book. It's a book. You could have done this in your house. Why are you here? <laughs> uh, who, who's your Who's your favorite doctor? Why would you ask me this? <laughs> Why would you? This is not fair. Uh -huh. So... I uh, I know <laughs> all of them. <laughs> the master. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, here, are you a are, are you a new who or an old who? So uh, I started with new who. So mm -hmm. Christopher Eccleston has like this beautiful space uh, carved out into yes. my heart because it's just that is where I started, mm -hmm. and it just opened up this whole world of of incredible possibilities of for what storytelling can be and and also how it feels a lot like star trek in that it concentrates more on the the inherent humanity that we all share mm -hmm. that there is this beautiful element of empathy that connects every single living creature in this in this universe um so i started with new who and then uh back in march uh i decided to start like actually working out and so uh what i did was i would get on uh the treadmill that my parents have uh or i guess it's a step thingy i don't yeah. know what they're called um but i would play i started watching the original doctor who episodes and i would like run while i was watching that so i would feel like i was in the episode which inspired me to like actually work out <laughs> 
That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I had to motivate myself somehow, and just saying you gotta do it wasn't working. (laughs) Uh, Perfect. All right. So, um, do you have any uh, current or future projects that you'd you'd like to to tell our listeners about? 600,000 of them, always, (laughs) always. I'm currently working on a show called The Venoran Road, uh, which is a fantasy adventure story about Mm -hmm. uh, a princess who has decided that she desperately, desperately wants to go on an adventure uh, before she has to get married. Her stepfather, who we don't know yet, or well, she doesn't know is the evil stepfather Mm -hmm. of the story uh decides yeah you know what that works with my plans really well let's get rid of the princess by sending her on an adventure and sends her off with her handmaid and just the most useless but well-meaning knight that he can (laughs) find and is just like great don't come back uh so they go off on this grand adventure to find a, a magical artifact and bring it back for the good of the kingdom Um, So that's the one that I've been working on most recently. And then uh, just yesterday, actually, I came up with a new idea that I am very excited about. um, That is going to be a historical fiction. um, Ooh. Yeah. With monsters, of course. Of course. Because (laughs) monsters. Um, But it's a historical fiction set in uh, the Congo, um, about this uh, woman who really, really, really wants to be one of the great explorers of her time. Mm-hmm. And so she gets together a small team and goes off to find this lost city. Um, and then they discover that the lost city wasn't so much lost as it was abandoned mm-hmm. and like purposefully buried because some <laughs> terrible, terrible things went down. Um, so we're still in the ideation process for that. Ooh, but uh, I'm here for it, though. Yeah, it's it's gonna. I I keep realizing that my stories on the outside all have very similar shells, but I, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to dig into different questions with each one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's more around the nature of ambition and the letting go mm-hmm. of of. This is gonna sound so dark and depressing but letting go of dreams that we may not necessarily be able to attain Mm -hmm. that you know because everybody has something that they desperately desperately want in this world um and we all have dreams and goals that we're aiming for and i'm curious about finding ways that you know you can still go after the thing that you want and technically achieve the thing that you want but still not end up having a legacy Uh, What happens when you do the thing and still don't find recognition? What happens when you do the thing and you risk everything and still find yourself as the exact same person? Um, And what it is to kind of let go of the the trappings of the dream and just focus in on what that reality is, uh, no matter how positive or negative that reality may be. Wow. All right. No, I'm very excited for this. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, too. I'm probably going to drag Anthony back into this one. Oh, so it's it's really, it's really just going to feel like uh, Giannis Descending, but part two and less, <laughs> <laughs> less, less horror, hopefully, mm. but still 
hopefully but still upsetting. horrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah horrifying it is it's it's emotional horror mm, you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i love that that make make your heart do the feelings thing because feelings are so fascinating mm-hmm. everybody's got them and everyone experiences them differently and i'm like how i'm sitting over here like how do you do that i want to know how uh, people do that yeah i should have been a scientist but also i can't do math <laughs> <laughs> So I just write about things instead and just ideate. You know, I, I, I that's valid. I feel like that's valid. <laughs> All right. Um, any good podcasts or, or media that you've been enjoying lately? Oh, yes. Um, oh, no. Oh, wait. No, I had a list. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because everyone always asks and I forget because my brain isn't good. It's made of mush. Um... <laughs> I've been listening to this incredible um, nonfiction podcast mm-hmm. called A Beautiful Anarchy uh, with David Dushiman, who is um, a photographer and writer. A- and the whole concept of the podcast is that he wanted to have conversations around creativity that didn't center around the specific tools that we use. Mm. Um, and so it really turns into what I love most, uh, which is a conversation about what it is to be a person, because creativity is an, inna- an innately human thing. Um, and it's just absolutely stunning. He just released the 39th episode today um, mm. as as of us recording this. Um, but I, I sit around on my weekends just like staring at my phone <laughs> waiting for these like 15 minute episodes to come out. It's so so brilliant. Um, I have been reading, I've been reading a lot of Jane Austen lately, mm. actually. Um, I have been listening fiction podcast wise. Um, I actually just finished Cybernautica, which I was listening to um, because they just had their auditions um, mm. for their for their next season. And it is stunning. It's such a cool yeah, show. I just started listening to it and I love it already. It's it's so good. It's so good. Like mm. I listened for the audition and then I was like, okay, but I'm I'm actually just gonna it's one of those things that you kinda that draws you in. Mm-hmm. Um and I just kinda had to stop everything else that I was doing. Um I just did a re-listen of Star Called, which is my favorite show of all time Mm. um and oh and i'm really really looking forward to starting to listen to um forgive me the new show by um uh the the raimonda brothers who make windfall Mm. that looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm very excited for that one yeah that's like literally next on on my uh on my queue so (laughs) i'm very excited to start listening to that and as to TV shows, uh, I just finished Community, and now I'm taking my parents through a rewatch of uh, Arrested Development, but oh. only the first three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope, that's very fair. Yeah, nope, I, I, I've I seen season four, and I can't. Yeah, I just, I can't. That's all right, it's probably okay to skip. Um, <laughs> uh, perfect, okay. Fine. It's fine. Um... Uh, great. Um, <laughs> perfect. Uh, did you just to to wrap this up? Do you have um one thing? It doesn't have to be podcaster or media related, but one thing you're excited about uh, that's uh, going to be happening soon, or that you have plans for, or just one thing in general that you're excited about. Um, 
as of as of today, as of we are recording this, I just got a text message from Julia Shafini, uh, my incredible, perfect sound designer who I love more than life itself. <laughs> She's an incredible friend and just the most brilliant brilliant person to work with Mm -hmm. um but she just sent me a text message saying that she's finished selecting takes for primordial deep which means that now we get to start sound designing she's gonna start on monday and i'm so ready i'm so ready hell yeah (laughs) i'm so excited I'm I'm very excited to hear to to hear Primordial Deep. Um I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. And I I don't say that about my own work because I don't like setting expectations for the right. audience, but this is a story that's fairly personal to me. Um mm-hmm. mostly because, you know, ocean and dinosaurs, but also I was really wanting to create something that had um a a a large person of color cast mm-hmm. and to be able to explore having people of character who don't normally get to see themselves as the heroes of uh, especially science fiction and mm-hmm. action adventure stories um, and especially not like, you know, things that dip into the realm of scary um, and allowing people to have that space Um and it wound up being this really fascinating dive into sort of what it is to be just black in the realm of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just got to throw a bunch of like weird lyrical stuff at the walls and like see what <laughs> stuck, which is always a ton of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just really, really, really excited for this piece to come out because I want to keep grappling with it like I promised myself I wouldn't start working on season two until we were at least like drafting the episodes for season one and so mm. now I get to start season two <laughs> <laughs> it's fine 6,000 steps ahead yeah <laughs> and 30 other projects and 30 other projects I counted them the other day and I was like this is mm-hmm. appalling mm-hmm. I, was like, I have like six books I'm trying to write I'm like girl you gotta you gotta calm down oh yeah gotta- a little bit it's okay and I've been taking naps though that's the Good. thing people Good. always tell me take a nap and I'm like but I did though <laughs> it's just endless uh-huh. in the best way yes absolutely all right I think uh I think that is going to be about it for us um thank you so much for uh, for sitting down with me and, and talking with me today oh absolutely anytime thank you so much for having me thank I, you. I love that you're doing this this is so much fun <laughs> oh and just for our listeners where can we find you on, on on the internet oh yes um so you can find uh all of my shows uh at no such thing um i'm on patreon under no such thing productions and you can find me on most social media at Inkphemeral, which is I-N-K-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. She said questioningly. <laughs> it's it's like the word ephemeral, but then ink instead of the E because I mm. thought I was witty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. And you have a good day, okay? Thank you. You too.
The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.